Hey, Nicole. Hi, John. Are you ready again? Let's do this. All right. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. Nicole and I work here together, the great team at Shape.io, headquartered in Bend, Oregon, where Nicole runs our support and marketing, and uh, I'm lucky enough to be the CEO. Just to give you guys a little background, we left our agency jobs as marketers to build software for digital advertising teams. So we'll be talking about working in marketing and growing Shape on this podcast. Yeah, our goal is just to impart some advice from our experiences, talk through some of the tough lessons we've learned along the way, and give you some takeaways that you can hopefully use to shape your own conversations through the week. Uh, Why should you listen to us at all? Well, we're a profitable software company outside of the Silicon Valley bubble. We raised seed funding in 2015 and have used that to grow the team and customers. So we've had experiences kind of getting stuff off the ground, and we're going to use that um, as the base for a lot of our podcast episodes already and going forward. So on this episode, we'll be discussing balancing your emotions in the workplace. Oh, yeah, this is... uh particularly interesting one for Nicole and I and that we've talked a lot about. So a little background, Nicole and I too, we've already talked about a little bit on the podcast so far, but we've worked together for a long time. We first started working together almost 10 years ago now. Think about that at an advertising agency and Nicole actually took over for me when I left to go pursue software and and what we're doing now and Nicole's followed along but during that time she took over my management job so we had a lot of talk about balancing emotions and and working with the team and how that's important so today we're really going to hone in on that and Nicole do you want to talk about maybe for what you were famous for for a stretch with the uh Oh my, yeah, my head on the desk, exhausted, infuriated moments. <laughs> I think I think I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but there were moments when I was not quite a manager yet, when I was an analyst or a senior analyst, and eventually, you know, you run into a a client issue or something that you were hoping would work, a test, a, a whatever, that just doesn't work out how you intended, and so I would very visibly show my emotion by either pretty much banging my head down on my arm on my desk would never actually like give myself a concussion but uh just you know kind of the exhausted exasperated head on the desk uh and where I would stay for a couple moments gather my thoughts and come back up <laughs> yeah definitely that was known as the Nicole there and you, you know just give Nicole a few minutes she'll be okay but I think it's kind of topic falls into the category of just solid advice we'd give to the younger versions of ourselves and kind of ways that now we see maybe we could have handled some of those tougher situations better and just how generally maybe having a little bit more of a consistent middle having you know less high highs and less low lows can sort of help you sustain yourself in the workplace and, and make you somebody that other people also want to work with so we've just kind of talking about it before on the podcast Nicole and I were saying that it's not all good you know it just remaining steady calm all the time isn't necessarily always a positive you know there are some cons one of them is 
it can be frustrating to show restraint all the time. You know, when you if if you're getting frustrated with a coworker or a client or something in that moment, you know, you have emotions, you're feeling them, not being able to really let them out and and being restrained is can be a tough thing to do. Now, are you talking about this from just a manager position or are you talking about it from you know, kind of just a general employee position as well? I think general employee position, I don't think you have to be in a position of leadership necessarily to see benefits from maintaining a little bit more calm during during rougher times. One example I just saw recently, a couple nights ago, NBA Finals, LeBron James is playing their tied game, miss a free throw, their team gets the rebound, and the guy, instead of going right back up with it, J.R. Smith thinks they're ahead in the game, dribbles the ball back out, completely bonehead play, and they don't get a shot off. They end up losing the game. And LeBron in that moment looks at J.R. Smith, and you can see him like so confused and then immediately understand he's a leader. There's millions of people watching how he's going to respond to this. He doesn't want to throw his team under the bus. And you can see him like snap into like, Okay, I can't respond. I can't just throw this guy under the bus. I can't, you know, yell at him right now. He ran over to him, put his arm around him, asked him what happened, and it, you know, showed incredible restraint. And I think that on a mini version, you kind of have a lot of little mini versions of that in your workday. You know, you get an email that's maybe a little frustrating, or you, you know, you get some feedback you weren't expecting, and you you get surprised by something, and, and maybe your defenses go up a little too quick, and you, and you start to fight back. But, you know, at the same time, being really flat with your team or people around your office, that's not always the most inspiring thing to be around. So thinking about what you share with your team, when you share with your team, when to get it excited about something, that that's another way, too, that I think I struggle with personally when I'm thinking about remaining calm in the workday. Like, you want to get excited. You want to show that you care about whatever you're working on. And bouncing that, I think, is really tough. So you have to look for the opportune moments to share certain things with your team. There were times in my former agency role when I knew ahead of time either something great that was going to happen or something bad that was going to happen, or not necessarily bad, but it was just going to have an impact on the team that I had to really think and prepare for how I was going to communicate that with them. And where I wanted to show emotion, whether I wanted to be really happy or if I wanted to be really frustrated, I couldn't because... Not that you necessarily always have to walk the company line, but you you do have to understand that you know, you're know you there to communicate that piece of information to the team in a way that they get to take that information and make their own decisions about it. So that was kind of my experience doing, balancing the emotions when I wanted to be really over the top either way. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say I've, I've made the mistake before, especially early on in startup days, like you want to celebrate any win so hard. You're like so eager to get a win. Even today, you know, if we've got a really big prospect we're chasing down and we get like a pretty positive email from them or like some kind of verbal commitment, immediately you want to like tell all the team that it's going to go through, but it's not done. Or, you know, you might get hopes up. You got to bounce those expectations sometimes until there's something really concrete they can get excited about. Yeah. Until the ink is on the contract in that case, you can't get super excited. You can't go you know, buying the new ping pong table or whatever it may be. Because if it doesn't happen, I guarantee you that that is going to actually turn the morale of the team the other way more than it had if you just had maybe kept it to yourself or maybe tempered that emotion initially. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the pros 
about kind of staying a little bit more centered and calm through your day or just generally like having less regrets about how you acted in the moment because you're giving yourself a little bit extra time to, to really process something and, and gain perspective on something. I think generally you make better decisions too when you have that little bit of a, a, a waiting period. Absolutely. I mean, you get some bad client news or some, I can't think of another example right now, and immediately you want to jump in and respond either via email to the customer or to your team and just be like, oh, this is what happened. But when you take a step back, when you take a couple minutes, when you maybe make a lap around the building, things tend to connect or like click into place where you can take, you can say, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the immediate problem that you thought it was. Maybe you just need to take a step back, ask them some questions, and it'll actually help resolve the issue faster. Yeah. And I think with internal communication, so other people on your team too, it also is helpful if you if they know you're going to remain calm or centered because you're more likely to then get bad information from them. You know, if, if people know that you're going to maybe flip out or overreact or really be like super emotional in the moment to some kind of bad piece of information, it's probably more likely they're not going to share that with you. And that bad information, especially if you're in a management or decision-making type role, is probably the best information, the most valuable information you need to make decisions. But if you've created this world where you know, any kind of bad news comes your way and you're reacting in a way that makes somebody feel uncomfortable, they're going to be less likely to bring you that information. I think kind of a a side note to that too is you tend to see that those people who react really, really strongly in a like when they're in a management role with a lot of emotion are also the people who tend to fling a lot of blame or not necessarily take blame on their own. And then they get known for that as well. And you, you get this really you start to get a really toxic environment on your team where not only is the manager having these emotions that are preventing him or her from getting the great information that they need to make the decisions that are positive for their team, but they're also creating that environment on their teammates and then you, or their employees or, you know, whatever. And then you see them dispersing that attitude out. And it's really interesting how quickly negative attitude can spread across an organization just because of one bad apple. And you can trigger that you know, negative spread a lot faster if you're also feeding it and reacting in the moment and, and you're part of it. And that's one thing to just be really aware of and to have some kind of detachment from this information in the moment to give you that ability to take a step back and not sort of feed the paranoia. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, it is an inf- like it's information about your job. And yes, we spend a huge portion of our lives at our job. But, you know, you have to take a step back and say, I am a person outside of my job. And the emotions, the physical emotions that I'm having to this news right now, they're slightly, you know, well, we're going with science podcast currently here. They're, they're <laughs> biological, right? You, yeah. you may want to get upset. You may want to cry. You may want to yell. You may want to have that, that physical reaction, but that's, you have to kind of separate that, that business side from the, the personal side and, and really remember that, yes, you're here to do a great job, but that moment, that email, that conversation, that feedback that you get in the moment that yeah. you really want to just blow up at yeah is one moment yeah yeah i think you really just 
professionalism in a lot of cases. I think that's what it means to me. It's not flying off the handle. It's being a part of the solution, not exacerbating any problems that might be out there. Well, and as I started the you know, top of this with my example, John made it really clear to me before he handed over the managerial reins that I could not show that emotion anymore because it would be toxic and it would impact the team. And so I even, you know, even in, over the span of two weeks, I had to sit there and go, okay, I need to step myself back. And I hope that I, that I, you know, was able to uh, take that emotion out of most of my interactions with my team just by remembering that. Definitely. And if we look at a few examples that it's not a day-to-day we face here at Shape or that, that we think about here at Shape, I think one of them is that it's always we're always presenting new ideas, a new feature layout, a new UX or a new blog post idea, and we'll pitch them out to the teams a lot of times. And I think when you're receiving feedback on something new you're working on or, or tweaking – that can be really hard because it's something you put a lot of thought into and now here's some person coming in and giving you feedback that just heard the idea three minutes ago and it's easy to get real emotional about that. So specifically, one of the ways we do kind of new feature rollout here at Shape and, and Dominic Obano, our VP of engineering, he's got a really interesting process that I like when he's rolling out new features and I think really exemplifies this well uh, in terms of managing your emotions. So Dominic will spend weeks, maybe months sometimes on a new feature or something new to launch within the app. And he gets it to a phase to where it's finally ready to pitch it to the rest of our team. And we have these product meetings where Dominic will get up, he'll talk about why he built this product, the goals of the product, everything, and he'll set it up on staging and the whole team goes and tries it out. And he launches a Google Doc where people are just pinging feedback into there or pinging feedback out loud to him. And some of it, you know, you can tell is tough to hear right out of the gate, like, oh, I don't like this, or I like this, or where did this go, or I can't believe you changed this. And he's just getting like pummeled with this stuff, but you seem to sit there calmly take it you know, calmly listening, writing it down on the Google Doc. Like he might have an answer for something or a question or or a reason he did something or a rebuttal to the feedback, but he doesn't give it right there in that moment. And I'm always really impressed when we go through that and run through that exercise as a team, how that kind of helps it be a positive environment. And I think he ultimately wants to make the best version of the product he possibly can. And so where he may be thinking, oh, well, you should know this or, oh, this should be just clear in the moment, getting that feedback from us and being able to sit there and synthesize it. And then he may come back a day or two later to answer some of the questions or concerns we have. And ultimately, he actually may continue with that same feature in the same state that it originally was, but he addresses all of our concerns Mm -hmm. by taking a step back, formulating his thoughts, coming back with all that list of feedback, very methodically, just like he presents it. Yeah, that that's something that I've tried to work more into my day to day is when presenting new ideas or, or trying to get feedback on something is trying to understand that that feedback is probably gonna be tough to hear, you know, a lot of times. And to be extra aware, like extra prep yourself going into those times to remain calm. I think giving yourself a little pep talk when you're going into like a tough call or a tough situation, it, it sounds cheesy, but it can help, you know, and identifying those situations that might earlier on can help you better handle them once you get in them. I think John's pretty humble because I will sit there and just edit 
the daylights out of his blog sometimes and he kind of make jokes about like oh is it gonna be 15 25 400 edits today i call it the mirror score the nicole mirror score for my blog post and if i'm anywhere under like 40 edits i'm actually feeling pretty good about myself but that being said, I, you know, you see that progression, you see that improvement over time. And I, you know, I know we're kind of devolving or, you know, yeah. moving away from balancing your emotions, but you actually take that criticism very well and you have become a better writer. And I'm not saying that's because of my editing okay. skills. But no, I think that is part of it. Writing is a lot about getting the feedback. And if you haven't communicated your point across to somebody clearly, then that's on you. And that's what's really changed my view of writing is less of, less so much thinking about like, why can't you understand what I'm saying, this brilliant point, and more understanding like, oh man, they didn't get it. That's a reflection on me and my writing. And that's another area sort of like thinking about something as a reflection or you, of you or like a you problem, a we problem is another way to kind of prep yourself if you have to do any customer support with your job or working with clients and customers where you got to talk them through how to do something. You know, we've got some features within our software that take a little extra setup than others. And sometimes we've got to help people through it and talk them through it. And it's easy sometimes to maybe get frustrated with somebody not understanding how to do something, but you've got to take a step back and realize in our case here, like we're spending every day, all day with the software. We get it. We have to take a step back and try to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody a lot of times seeing it for the very first time. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you really have to step back as John said, and understand that, that it's not, it's not a them problem. It's an us problem that we have to, go back and address. And it's interesting because a lot of the times I'm not getting frustrated because I'm getting tickets from our customers. I'm getting frustrated that we didn't see it in the first place. Yeah. Right. But the other thing, you know, kind of to, to counteract that is customers are always going to find a new unique way to use something or maybe uh, break something, you know, break something, hack around it to, to meet their needs. And that's all kind of, it's part of the process, but you know, realizing again that it's that it's a problem that we need to address for the betterment of everybody. It, it helps me to step back and and when I'm getting you know ten tickets at once for the same issue, go, okay, it's not, it's not our customers. It's 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 something that we need to really think deeper about. Yeah, and I think remaining calm or keeping that level also helps as that like ninth or tenth ticket maybe comes through because you're you're realizing that okay, that this person doesn't understand that maybe you've gotten eight other tickets that day, or maybe one of those tickets was a speeding ticket on your way into work. And that has you, you know, at a heightened state of maybe agitation for that day. And a lot of those things being aware of, of those types of things and where your hiccups might be along the day can kind of help you remain calm and, um, you know, handle that 10th ticket the same way you did the first ticket. Whereas if you're living and dying with everything, sometimes you just might not be able to rally for that, you know, 10th same action you might have to take in that day. If you're so just in the moment with every single ticket or action and, and living it so hard. All right, John, I've got some bad news for you. Uh, oh no. I'm gonna have to calmly wrap this show up. Okay. But let's talk talk some takeaways before we before we head out. I can handle that. I'm okay with this. So I think you know, a big takeaway from for me is is really having that restraint in the moment is going to give you time to make better decisions. Your highs aren't gonna be so high, your lows aren't gonna be so low. In general, you're actually gonna be a more fun person to be around because People are going to trust that you can balance and temper the good news with the bad. 
and really, you know, whether you're in a management position, whether you're an analyst, whether you're the leader of a company, you're going to make the right decisions. That being said, you don't always have to be a robot. You don't have to monotone everything. That's not going to help either. So just, just be cognizant of what you're thinking and how you present it. Okay. I've, I've come to grips with the fact that this episode's over. So you can find uh, show notes and the links to our emails, any link to the social networks that you need and the show notes here. And we hope you'll subscribe, review. We're still getting started. So tell a friend about it too. That really helps. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Over and out. From Bend, Oregon and Shape HQ.